Hey everybody, this is Della Ren. You're listening to Spirituality Unpacked, the show where we understand ourselves and each other better by getting out of our heads and freeing ourselves to live lives we love. Hey folks, it's Della. Welcome to, welcome back to Spirituality Unpacked. I hope you are doing well. Happy Monday to ya. All right, I want to talk about something I don't normally talk about. And that is a subject that has been coming up now for a few days. um, And that is grief. Why are we talking about grief? Well, I'm sure you probably know by now, our wonderful queen um, passed away last week. And um, that brought up um, this topic of grief as everybody experiences this a little differently. Now, for those of you who aren't aware, I live in Canada. Um, Canada is still part of the a British colony, um, and we still uh, pledge allegiance to the king or queen, um, as the case may be. Uh, so we are also in our own period of mourning, and uh, we have our own. Things are changing on our side as well, um, as we have um, lots of different things that are named after, have been named after the queen that will be changing, and so on and so on and so on. So. Um, things happen when, uh, when a monarch dies and, um, everybody experiences that differently. Um, and because she reigned so long for 70 years, um, most people that are alive don't really have much of a memory of anybody else, right? Um, so some of us have no memory of anybody else. It's, it's always just been Queen Elizabeth, right? Since I was... Um, since I was a little girl, it was. And um, when I went to school back in the day, um, we used to sing, uh, Oh Canada, God Save the Queen. And we did the Lord's Prayer in school. So I grew up doing all three. Um, now they only sing Oh Canada. <laughs> um, but but back, back in when I went to school, uh, we used to actually pledge allegiance to the Queen as well. We would sing God Save the Queen. Um, that no longer happens. So... Um, but let's talk about grief. Um, it's, it's an important topic. It's, it's one that I don't talk about. So grief um, falls into the category of trauma. But the thing with grief is that it's something that everybody in their lifetime will experience in one form or another. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be through death. Um, people, when their relationships end, for example, can go through a period of grief. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to be death, although that's certainly the way we tend to think about grief is, is, is through the experience of a loved one dying. Um, but grief is a traumatic experience. It's, it's a period of intense pain. Um, and it is a point of transition. It is a point of a change. This person is no longer physically present in your life and therefore, um, that creates a change for the individuals that are still in their human forms. So the things that I talk about normally, where you get control over the stories and we control the mind and it helps us to manage the feelings and we do all of that. We don't do that with grief, at least not at the beginning. There is a period, and I've talked about this before, with all traumatic experience, where you need to allow that emotional energy to flow, where you need to 
kind of get out of the way a little bit. You need to allow the avalanche to go through. You need to allow the tidal wave. You, you need to have that experience. That is part of the healing process. You, you have to go through that, whether it's grief or something else, but you have to go through that experience. Okay. So we, we get out of the way a little bit. And for the first while, we allow all of the emotion, all of the, all of the memories, all of the thoughts, everything to come flooding in. We allow all of that to kind of happen. We do it on purpose. That is the healing process. The human needs that. You need that. You need to do it. So do it. Allow that process to take place. After that, there is a point, there is, there is a, a, a tipping point in this process where allowing that sort of flood of stuff goes from being what I would call helpful to becoming harmful to us. Now, I'm not, I don't have a finite, this is exactly when this is supposed to, right? So, so we're going to talk in big generalities here. But there is a point at which you've processed the pain, you've been through the pain, and now what you're essentially doing is rolling around in it. There's a point at which when you start rolling around in it, when you start wallowing in it, that's the point at which you start to identify with it. That's the point you take it on. That's the point where it becomes your identity. Now suddenly you are, you are the grieving widow. You are the person in the morning. Now, now you're identifying with it. It's no longer just an experience that you're having, which is how it should be. You are actually identified with it. You are your grief. There's a place there. And if you're aware, you'll catch it where you switch from simply going through the experience and feeling the pain to actually becoming the pain and taking it on as an identity. And that's what we need to be aware of. That's the spot. Because when that starts to happen, that is your clue that it's time to intervene, that it is time to take back control, that it is time to get in the way now. Now you have to take back control. You have to get control over the thoughts. You got to get back control of your emotions. You have to put your feet back on the ground. You have to take, take charge again, right? So you've allowed it. Maybe you allowed it for six weeks or two months or three months. You allowed it. But then there's a place where you need to take back control. And it is there. It is in that spot where you don't allow yourself to identify as the grieving person. You don't, you don't take on that identity. You, you don't become your pain. The pain has flowed through and you've allowed it and you've essentially now closed the floodgates. Not in a way that hasn't allowed you to experience what you need to experience but in a way that stops you from identifying, that stops you from taking it on. Right? 
there there is a place where you where you stop and and it's going to be different for everybody right i i would suggest that for the most part though it's not going to be months and months and months it, it's it's going to be six weeks two months three months and then you're going to stop and and you're going to retake control of the bus you're going to gain your power back and and you're going to be like okay right so now the fun part of grief especially when we talk about death is we talk about those human relationships and especially when we're talking about parents dying the parent-child relationship isn't always a smooth one and so what happens is the childhood trauma the crappy relationship <laughs> rears its head and any of those stories that you are hanging on to in that moment any of those old stories any of those old childhood trauma traumatic experiences that you've had will get in there misery loves company so those stories are going to join in the pain right it may turn your pain from sadness to anger you may get mad at the person for a while totally normal totally okay go through the anger part of that may be the stories this is where people struggle with grief is because it's the tug of war and I, I alluded to this in a blog I wrote the other day it's the tug of war between the stories of all the things that the human did and then the pain of losing that person and what that does to your story of grief It is possible, and I talk about this all the time, to experience emotion, to have feeling, and still keep your head screwed on straight. It doesn't have to be a big giant rabbit hole where you, where you get lost in it forever and ever, amen. It doesn't have to be that, right? So, if you can, it can be beneficial to you to not shut down the grief, but to shut down the stories the mind wants to tell in those moments, to separate that out for a little while. Until you get over the pain, just filter it for, for a bit, until you get over the major trauma portion. You can come back to those stories. We're gonna bookmark that and come back later. And the reason why we wanna come back later is because we don't wanna filter those, those stories through a whole bunch of pain. It, tilts things and shifts things and makes things weird. Some people can just drop it. Some people are really good. They just sort of drop it. I've watched people do this. They have crappy relationships with that parent and they totally, the parent dies and they totally just drop the whole thing. And that's amazing if you can do it, it's, it's brilliant because that is the best way to handle it. But if you can't just drop it, then bookmark it and come back to it. Don't filter all of those things through the pain of grief. 
that filter is going to tilt everything sideways and it's going to make it very difficult for you to let go of those things. Come back to it later after you've done the major work through the grief. Okay, so you get through the grief and then you come back and now you look at those stories. And what I always say here remains true. People are always doing the best they can, even when the best they can do sucks. That person, regardless of how awful they were to you in their life, had their own pain, had their own experience, had their own thing going on. And the the way that they chose, the way that they managed that was by projecting it. They threw the snowballs. And those some of those snowballs were pretty darn vicious and they were big and they hurt. But that's what they were doing. And this is where learning to drop that story of blame, shame, guilt, and victimization. Those are the stories that we tell. They did this to me. That's victimization. How dare they do that to me? There's blame, right? And you can get into shame and guilt as well. That story is exactly that. It's you taking on what they did and wearing it. That becomes an identity. It's a costume. Blame, shame, guilt, and victimization are costumes that we wear. The truth is that person was simply projecting their pain, period. End of story. It had nothing to do with you. They were projecting their pain. You, you just happened to be the target in that moment. But it really had nothing to do with you. That's the truth. The truth is their own pain, period, and what they were doing with it. And they didn't do good things with it, but the truth is their own pain. When you come right down to it, generally, people don't actually do things to each other. They throw things at each other. What you see is people, one person doing something to somebody else. That's what you see. You see the, the physical action. You see the thing, right? That's what you see. But what's actually going on is one person just throwing their pain at another person. That's all that's actually happening. So when you can get out of it enough to see that, to recognize that everything that you see in the world is not people attacking each other, it's people throwing their pain at each other. When you can see that that way, when you look at everything that happens that way, there is no story of blame, shame, guilt, or victimization to tell. Doesn't matter what that person does or doesn't do, they are simply throwing pain. That's the only story you need to tell. Everything else can be dropped. Because everything else is just the human ego protecting itself, identifying with things, making stuff up. The mind loves to fill in a good story, right? Because we don't know why people are throwing their pain around. So we make up a story about it, right? 
we, we make up the hero journey, we make up the story about it. But that's not helpful. Right? And when you mix those stories into grief, you get a problem. Now we have this sort of soup. We have this chaos mess of things going on. So we have this sadness, but we also have all of these stories. And that confuses the whole thing because now you still want to be mad and hurt by what they did. But you're sad because they're gone and you have this thing going on and it just creates confusion. And usually what that does is it shows up as anger, and then. And maybe you stay angry for a long time. Maybe you never get over it. Maybe you just stay angry. Right? But that's how we identify with it. That's how we identify with it. Right? That's how we create identification. 20 years later, are you, are you healing? Are you never forgetting? Because we don't forget. That's not the job, right? We're not trying to block it out ever. Are you, are you just simply remembering and allowing and not forgetting? Or are you never healing? Are you, are you crying in the soup all the time? Right? There's, there's that place where we go from, yep, I remember that experience and it happened, to I'm going to cry my eyeballs out every day, every year on this day for the rest of my life, and 40 years later you're still doing the same thing. That's never healing. There's a difference between remembering and never healing. And that is what creates that identification with the pain. You become the grieving person. Instead of just having that be an experience that flows through your life, you become that and you identify with it and you hold on to it and you stay in it forever for the rest of your life. So now suddenly it's 40 and 50 years later and you're still feeling the same way as you did the day the person died. How is that helpful to you? There's a big difference between never forgetting and never healing. We're not going for never forgetting. We can acknowledge the day. We can acknowledge the experience. But at some point, we have to allow the wound to heal. We shouldn't be walking around with these big gaping wounds all the time. We have to allow ourselves to heal and be okay. And that's not easy. People don't like that. They get mad. And I'm allowed to feel how I feel. Well, sure. Okay, great. How long do you want to be in pain for?
How much pain do you need to be in before you do something differently? How miserable do you want to be? How miserable do you want to be? Because that's what you're doing. I'm allowed to feel it. Okay, defend the problem. The problem is it's been 10 years and you're not done with it yet. Right? It's been 10 years and you're still crying like it was last week. We have to move on. That's what identification looks like, by the way. That's what identification looks like. When it's been 10 years and you're still crying like it was last week, that's what identification looks like. That's when we're holding on to the pain too long. That's when we stay in it too far. That's when we identify. That's when we start to defend it. That's when we make up stories about it. That's when you decide. that you're going to hang on to it for the rest of your life and just be miserable forever. There's a there's a point. There's a place in there where grief goes from being helpful to harmful. And there's always there's going to be those trigger points, right? The major, the major emotional experience may only last a couple, three months, but then you got the first Christmas and the first birthday and the first Easter and the first this and the first that for a year after that, right? So the wound is being poked, you know, for a long time. Right? That fresh wound gets poked for a while. But it's the recognition of what you're responding to. What you're responding to is the creation of a new memory that doesn't include a physical presence that you're used to having around. So essentially what happens is you're missing them. But when you pile that into a whole lot of pain that you're still hanging on to because you didn't allow it to sort of flow through, it all turns into grief. It just becomes this big thing, right? So the goal is you process the major pain first six weeks, two months, three months, and then when that first holiday comes up, you recognize it as missing, not grief, but missing. And then you set about the process of creating those new memories. Recognize what's happening that's missing the person because they're not physically present. There's nothing wrong with that. It's totally human experience. I want them with me and they're not here. Fair enough. 
but when we identify grief as a year-long process or a two-year-long process or a three-year-long process, see what that does to you. Because what it does is it makes you that. Then you become this grieving person. You become the griever. You're taking it on as an identity. The grieving process itself should only be a couple, three months long. And then everything after that is about missing the other person. Everything after that is about creating new memories. It's a trigger point. I get it. But they are just new memories that are being created. And you process what comes up, but it's separate from the original trauma. It's a separate thing. Don't make it into one giant ball of wax. Because when you do that, that's how you identify. Separate it. Separate it out. And recognize, too, that your loved ones are with you. Their physical forms may not be with you anymore, but their spirits certainly are. <laughs> I, I talk to them all the time. They're, they're ever-present. They're always there. They don't go anywhere. They're with you. And you have the ability to hear them if you want to. You have the ability to see their presence. They're... The, the physical form is gone, but there is actually no separation at all. They remain with you. They're actually easier to communicate with because it's 24-7, 365 at that point. No appointments, no emails, no waiting for them to come back from holidays. They're there all the time. They're there all the time. They are actually more present in death than they are in what we call life, in their physical forms. They're actually more present. They're more available to you, not less. It's just different. It's just different. And because humans are physically focused in their bodies, we see it as sort of a separation. They're gone. No, not really. I get why we see it that way, because you're in a body and you're identified that way, but if you get out of it just a little bit, you recognize that they're there. They are absolutely there. And your loved ones are fine. They're absolutely fine. They are okay. And they are watching you. So yes, grief is a traumatic experience. But it's not supposed to go on forever. <laughs> Contain the experience to two months or three months or whatever, but contain the experience. 
contain that experience so that you're not, it's not, I've been grieving for two years or five years or 10 years or 40 years. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that to yourself because now you've identified. That's what identification looks like. Don't identify. Allow the process to flow through. The major emotion goes away and then, right? And you see it. You see it all the time. People go through the grieving process and then they're like, well, I guess I got to return to normal life now. There's that point and you have it because then you, you, you're like, I need to go back to work. I need to, I need to keep moving forward. You find that point. You find it naturally. I can't stay here, right? You get to that place. You come out of the cave. And that's the point where the grieving process goes from helpful to harmful, because what do you do? You try to latch on, you grab it back and you're like, no, I'm not done with you yet. And then you want to hang on to it forever. But it's not helpful that way. Allow the process to move through. And then when it gets triggered at Easter and Christmas and Halloween and their birthday and whatever it is, recognize that as what it is. It's not more grieving it's missing. The grieving is done. You're missing. And you're creating new memories. Grieving is a temporary experience, not a permanent one. Allow yourself to move through the process without identifying with it and hanging on to it and then building your entire life around grief. Because that just keeps you in pain constantly. And who wants to live in pain all the time? All right, I'm gonna leave it there. I hope that was helpful. Thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe if you've enjoyed this podcast episode. This has been Della with Spirituality Unpacked. Have a good one, everybody. I'll be back on Thursday. Bye for now. You have just been listening to Spirituality Unpacked with Della Wren. Subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and don't miss new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Talk to you then.